Welcome to Photophonica. I'm Greg Miller. It's March, which here in Connecticut means just slightly warmer weather. I wear my rain boots to trudge across the mud to dump the compost. March, of course, is Women's History Month and also the end of the college basketball season known as March Madness. So it feels fitting in this episode to bring you a photograph I made of the basketball player Batuli Kamara, a forward and alumna of the University of Connecticut's renowned women's basketball team. At 25 years old, Batuli has quite an extensive resume. While at UConn, she played in 58 games and made three Final Four appearances. As a Muslim woman, she was one of the first players, college or professional, to wear a hijab on the court. But it's Batuli's work off the court that sets her apart. She is the founder and CEO of WAKE, an acronym for Women and Kids Empowerment, a nonprofit that seeks to empower girls through basketball clinics and workshops throughout the developing world. And last year, Forbes magazine named Batuli one of 30 under 30 sports entrepreneurs to watch. She's even written a children's book called A Basketball Game on Wake Street. One interesting thing to note about today's episode is that Batuli sat down for this interview almost exactly two years ago, in March 2020, right before the country and world shut down for the pandemic, when classes went online and we all started sewing masks in our homes. In that way, it is something of a time capsule. Although you won't hear anything about the pandemic, you may be struck, as I was, by hearing Batuli's fierce optimism nurtured by the relationship she has with her mother and to her faith. Okay, here's the picture. We see Batuli's profile as she stands outdoors, facing the late afternoon sun of early spring to the left. She's wearing a dark blue hijab and black sports jacket. Batuli nearly fills the frame, but behind her, out of focus, you can make out intersecting pathways and along the horizon, a line of university buildings. To me, it's a simple portrait of a powerful young woman who defies the constraints of our perceptions of who and what an athlete can be. You got it? All right, here's Batuli. My name is Batuli Kamara, and I'm a native New Yorker with family roots in Guinea, West Africa. I'm currently a student athlete here at the University of Connecticut, a second year grad student studying sport management with a focus on human rights. Going to boarding school was the initial shock of being somewhere where I didn't feel like I belonged. I went to Blair Academy and I had like a breakdown as a freshman, which we probably all do. And I remember sitting there and saying, what am I good at? What, what is my purpose? What am I here for? At the age of 14, And I just remember my basketball coach and my advisor at the time saying, you know, you're much more than that. And this is a place where you can explore it. And that was the first time I, I felt free to explore my identities. And in the end, I think that brought me closer to everything that I was passionate about, such as basketball, such as connecting with others, such as creating programs and spaces for young girls to dream. It was at that moment that I felt free to explore those possibilities. My faith has been a huge part of my life. It has been 
extremely interesting to go from being Muslim to now in a space where I'm visibly Muslim and have been received uh, through my teammates, through peers and people who have known me uh, when I wasn't. Uh, but it, it's such a huge part of me. And I think that for them, it was a natural progression. And for that, it's just living out loud and being comfortable and saying, you know, this is who I am. And this is kind of what I want to do and who I want to be remembered for. Faith and religion aside, I just want to be remembered for being a good person. Senior night at the University of Connecticut was such a special moment. It was something I had dreamed about since I was 15, 16 and just to be on that court where so many great players have played and have left their mark and the ability to say, I made it on the other side four years later uh, with my mom, my mentor by my side, who put a ball in my hand at the age of 12 was a surreal moment. My mom is someone who is deeply rooted in being Guinean. She loves everything about where she comes from, as she should. And I always say I grew up learning history lessons before fun facts. And at the table, it was sharing stories of her upbringing, what she did, what it was like growing up in Guinea as a young girl, and the opportunities we had now, and how we shouldn't take advantage of that. And my mom has been so impactful in my life in so many ways, from instilling in me just a fighting spirit to never give up, uh, to work hard, to be sincere in what you do, to have great intentions, and to be present in the moment. She's someone who, no matter what is happening, she's always speaking goodness and speaking life into situations through my struggles, through injuries, and through everything. Even when I hurt my knee, she's like, well, you have another one, you know? And, and that's kind of always been her thought process growing up. So my mom is definitely my, my rock and someone who keeps me rooted in who I am and the person I want to be. As I get older, I'm just like, my mom is just a woman doing her best. Like, there was no book for just a woman who's like, do your best. And that's it. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. Initially, I went to Guinea for the first time with my mom, and it was kind of surreal. She's like, my daughter's finally here, and after all the stories and the history lessons, it was coming full circle. And I went with the intention of doing a basketball camp. And once I entered the gym, there were about 25 girls to my surprise. I didn't know what basketball culture was like. I'd heard about it, but only for guys. To see that many girls there was amazing. And for about two weeks, we trained every morning and we trained in the evening. There was this 10-year-old girl named Bintu. And every single day, she would come to the stadium with something uh, like a cooler of sorts on top of her head, um, a dress and some flip-flops. And she would come and she would sit her... Um, cool her down, and she would jump in on our basketball drills with sandals. And I would say, Bintu, you know, it's maybe you have to take off your sandals today because it'll rip or something will happen. But every single day, she always showed up. But she would always have to run out and leave early. And as I asked the coaches, why? Why does she always have to leave early? And, you know, can she not wear basketball equipment? Does she have any? They said, yes, she does, but her mom won't let her play basketball until she sells or 
if she doesn't sell. She has to sell the items before she can go back home. And I said, well, what do you do sometimes? They said, well, sometimes we try our best to buy everything that she sells so that she can stay the entire day. And so if we can negotiate that, we can figure something out because she's really good. And so as a group, the girls came up with the idea to go and to speak to her mom and to speak to her family. And that's what we did. We went to her house and her mom was so happy to see us. And initially we didn't say anything basketball related. All we did was clean. We cleaned the dishes. We did laundry. We just ate. We played games. And I think there was a moment where I looked from the corner of my eye and I saw her mom look at us, you know, kind of just deep in thought. And at that moment, I, I, I asked her, you want this for her? And she said, I do. I want this for her. I want education for her. I want the best for her. But under these circumstances, this is what she has to do. I said, okay, if we are able to pay for her and buy these items that she makes, is that okay? She said, that's absolutely fine. And I would want nothing less. And now when I go back every single year, she's taller, she's stronger, um, has way more equipment and basketball gear that we've been able to provide. And it has been a tremendous story to follow. The greatest struggle I actively fight to conquer every single day is the ability to be myself and to see what that looks like. So many times we're reactive. You know, something happens and we react. But I've had to learn to really sit and say, what do I think about this? Where does this come from? Why does this mean this to me? Why did it impact me like that? And being in certain spaces where people will try to tell you who you are, it's been really hard to figure out um, who, my, who I am at the core um, without the noise, without the influence, just me at my home frequency and, and coming to accept that and love that. I would tell my younger self to stay you, to stay confident, and to be present in everything you do. Growing up, I always felt like maybe I had to change or maybe I had to be different. And now that I'm older, I realize it was through those unique experiences that I had that now I'm in positions that only I can speak to. And there are so many young girls waiting to be heard and waiting to have a voice and waiting to listen to your story because they can relate. So I would say stay the course. Everything will work out, I promise. It doesn't seem that way sometimes, but everything will work out. That was Batuli Kamara, recorded in March 2020. Today's episode was produced by me, Greg Miller. My beautiful wife, Tina Capetta Miller, edits my scripts. Thank you, Tina. Music by Waltz, Daniel Zombo, and Ken Cormier. To see the photograph of Batuli and to find out more about Wake and how you can become a supporter, visit photophonica.com. Photophonica can be heard on all the usual podcast platforms. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. Click subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to your podcast. 
I'll be back soon with another story I'm excited to share with you. Thank you so much for listening.